Thank you for listening to Life Church Podcast. For more information, go to lifechurchofcolumbia.org. I am excited to share tonight, though. I have some stuff. I just feel like some, just some good, solid, just where we're at kind of stuff. Uh, what's going on? I'm going to try my best to pull it all together tonight. Uh, to share with y'all, I personally have just been a wreck today. Um, I'm not even going to lie, I spent most of the day over here just pacing, just crying like a baby. Um, just having, just not even, I don't know how to say it, just some encounters that my son has been having. Uh, just incredible encounters with God and just processing that as a father, it has been just Amazing. So uh, I had to pull it together today to do the video uh, for our announcement, which I'm going to say again. Uh, we are really excited about what we are calling the response uh, to just everything that's going in. We're going to be getting together Monday night uh, in front of the courthouse. We'll be worship, prayer. Uh, we're really excited about this. I feel like this is an incredible response. It's not a it's not a protest. It's not an agenda. It's not none of those things. It's just we believe this is the answer. We believe Jesus being exalted is the answer to what we have going on. So this is our response. <laughs> I love it. Uh, so I'm really excited about this. I was telling some of the team last night. Uh, I've, I've said it before. It's, it's, no, it's no secret. I'm a very probably because of who I was raised under. I'm a very cause-driven person. Like, uh, you give me a cause, you give me something to go after, and I'll, I'm going to bulldog it. I'm not good at, we'll just float around and see what happens. I'm more of a, let's figure it out, let's hit this thing, let's go. And uh, just organically, uh, as we begin to build an entire team that could run a youth group, a youth ministry, as the whole team begin to become in place, uh, and I begin to just be organically phased out of student ministry and into more of pastoral role and things like that. For a while, it took me a little bit like, I need that cause. I need that thing that I'm going after that I'm. And so I really feel like over the last couple of weeks, God has just kind of started releasing me in this and kind of showing me like, here it is. Here's your thing. Like, go get it. You know what I mean? Like bulldog this thing. So I'm excited. I told dad today, um, I'm going to push this and work this thing so hard. So Monday night, We'll be the first one. It'll be here in Caldwell Parish at the courthouse. Uh, we have another one coming up pretty soon that's going to be in LaSalle Parish. I'm really excited about that. I'm excited about the connections, of course. I was also telling somebody yesterday, half our church lives in LaSalle Parish now, so it just makes sense. Uh, but it's going to be good. It's going to be an incredible response. Uh, we got some great stuff planned. We're doing a full-blown, we're setting up the whole band. We're just going to go after this thing uh, and pray over some things. Tonight I want to talk to you about a concept that God has just been... You ever have to where you feel like just subtly in the background God is constantly bringing something up to you and even though it's not really in your forefront and you're not really after it because so much else is going on, it just seems to keep coming up. It just keeps revealing itself. Uh, I feel like that's what tonight is, and finally, over the last couple of days, it's like God said, okay, I dealt with all these things, we got through this, so now I'm going to let you focus on this, this underlying topic that has just been swirling in me for a while, and that topic is the kingdom of heaven. 
Now I know you're probably thinking, oh god damn, I told you you're gonna laugh. I'm not fighting. Let me get this handheld and go old school on y'all. Check, 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 yeah. All right, now I got the handheld, so now I have to preach. I can't teach anymore. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, so I want to talk about the kingdom of heaven. I know that seems like a very broad, like we're always talking about the kingdom of heaven, but I really want to dive in, and I, I want to look at uh, several places. I don't know if you've ever done much studying to it, but like in Matthew 13, is where Jesus does all the parables, he's like the kingdom of heaven is like, the kingdom of heaven is like, the kingdom of heaven. And he's, he's constantly just drilling in this idea, this concept of the kingdom. But tonight, we're going to start actually in Luke chapter 13. If you want to go there, I want to pull out a parable. It's very short, uh, one of Jesus' shortest parables. Luke 13. Man, I am usually doing so much pre-service and things happening on Wednesday nights. I am not used to being ready to speak. I'm not going to lie. I was, was kind of caught off guard. All of a sudden, I looked up. I was like, oh, my gosh, it's 7 o'clock. I'm, t- I'm the one teaching. They're waiting on me. Like, it's I'm the one. <laughs> oh, man. Bobby, will you do me a favor? Can you give me just a little more volume? My voice is just weak tonight, and I don't want to overdo it. Uh, so in, in Luke 13, I'm going to read verses 20 and 21. This is literally Jesus's shortest parable. It's so good though. 13 and 20. And again, he said, he being Jesus, to what shall I liken the kingdom of God? It is like leaven, which a woman took and hid in three measures of meal till it was all leavened. I've heard this scripture all my life. I've heard preachers talk about leaven. And actually, this is only the one occasion that Jesus uses his leaven in a positive sense. Every other time we hear Jesus talk about leaven, he's actually referring to the Pharisees. And he's saying, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees uh, for what it does in your life. This is the one time he takes it and uses it as a, uh, a, a positive to describe the kingdom and what the kingdom is like. Sunday night, I got to be with some incredible leaders in our church, and and I feel like then God began to allow me to unlock some of the things he's been stirring in me for quite some while. We begin to talk on this, or as I begin to share this topic, this subject begin to come out on leaven and what it's like. But what I want you to understand is it's incredible. He's saying it's like leaven. That part's awesome. But I want you to notice what he does with the leaven or what he says the woman does with the leaven. says the kingdom of heaven is like leaven, and a woman takes it and hides it in three measures. She puts it in several different places, but she hides it in those places. The key phrase to what we're going to deal with on the kingdom of heaven is this, took and hid. We're, we're about to unlock and see that the power and the impact of the kingdom is a result of how it's taken and hidden. So I want to show you this from several different uh, aspects. So if you write or mark in your Bible, underline, took and hid, highlight it, star it, do whatever you do, mark it in your phone. Uh, but we're going to jump over really quick because I, I want to make a connection to this scripture that I personally have never heard anyone make. But today, as I was just walking and praying and doing something, actually at this point I had gotten out of the sanctuary and I was just taking a bunch of trash to the dumpster. 
Uh, thank God for whoever invented the dumpster. I love it. It's amazing. When you're like me and you think that if it's not nailed down and it hasn't been used in six months, then it needs to move on. I love dumpsters. Uh, anyway, that's a side note. I was taking the trash out, and the Holy Spirit just dropped this scripture in my spirit. Uh, my finance team and my elders just gasped, like, oh, God, he's going to throw everything away. Get rid of the dumpster. <laughs> no, uh, I, was, I was actually just taking a bunch of trash out, and he dropped this, this, this scripture in my spirit. And at first I was caught off guard because I've never heard them woven together or, or, or put together like this. So we're going to jump over real quick and look at Matthew chapter 6. And we're going to pull from several places in Matthew. But I want you to look at this scripture. It's a very popular scripture. Once I read it, you're like, oh, yeah, I know that scripture. At least I hope you are. Mine's covered up with all kind of notes. And Is that right? Oh, what did I say? Verse 18. That's what it is. Golly, all the sticky things. Yes, ma'am. Matthew chapter 6, verse 18. This is when Jesus is talking about uh, if you're fasting, don't go around looking all sad so people feel sorry for you when you're fasting. Because when you do that, you should have just ate because you did no good. That's what he's saying. I'm just paraphrasing for y'all. Verse 18. So that you do not appear to men to be fasting, but your Father who sees in the secret place, and your Father who sees in the secret will reward you in the open. We all have heard the B clause of verse 18. Most of the time, we never hear anybody preach the verses before it because they're verses about fasting, and let's be honest, nobody likes to fast. But the B clause is, and your Father who sees in the secret rewards you in the openly. That's what he spoke to me today when I, was, when I was just studying and preparing for this. And he began to show me, he began to just pull me into a deeper study on this because the power of the kingdom of heaven is how he takes it and hides it. In other words, how he conceals it. So I dove into this, and the word secret there, if you break it down in its original, it comes from a word, crypto, which actually means to conceal or hide. So he began to show me the connection of these two scriptures. He said the kingdom of heaven is like it's taken and it's hidden somewhere until it can take over completely. And then he said, what I see in the secret place, in other words, what I see in the concealment and the hiding, I reward in the open. That's exactly how leaven works. Leaven gets hidden and concealed in a secret place, and after a certain period of time, it takes over. So I want to look at this, and I want to show you a parallel through these several par uh, parables that all link together. So I'm going to jump through several of them really fast, and you can just write them down. Matthew chapter 13, this is the chapter where Jesus is constantly saying, the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of heaven, over and over and over. These are the way he describes it. Matthew 13, 24. And the kingdom of heaven is like a man who sowed good seed in his field. Matthew 13, 31. And the kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed, which a man took and sowed in his field. Matthew 13, 33, and the kingdom of heaven is like leaven, which a woman took and hid in three measures of meal. Matthew 13 and 44, again, the kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field, which a man found, that's an incredible scripture, and for the joy goes and sells everything that he has to buy the field. Do you notice the common thread through all of these descriptions of the kingdom? It's always in a seed 
or it's always something small, and he always hides it. I'm skeptical. I'm skeptical. It's been a long day. I'm skeptical. God, it's been a long day. I'm skeptical of things that we call kingdom that start off with a bang. The kingdom in everywhere we see it starts as a seed. Jesus was the kingdom in person. And how did he start? As a seed in a womb that grew and then spent 30 years hidden until once he became 30 years of age, goes in to reveal what? The kingdom of heaven. It always begins as something that is hidden. So can I tell you, you cannot reveal the kingdom if you're unwilling to be hidden first. Ministries don't start on platforms. They start in hidden places. They start in concealment. One thing that's been pretty incredible, and it's just the the nature and the culture we have here based on leadership that has created that culture. One thing we have here is you will almost never see someone with talent immediately get placed into ministry. Talent doesn't get you very far in this family. I love talent. I love that God gave out talents and gifts, but I'm just not impressed with them. I'm I'm not real moved by talents. I'm removed. I'm moved by how you handle concealment. It's incredible that you can do things, and I believe God has calling on your life. But what do you do when I conceal you first? That's going to determine whether or not you can be rewarded in the open. What you do in the concealment determines what a lot of times you get to do here or wherever it may be. And it's how we handle the concealment. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put this in here like this, and somebody maybe would uh, argue this with me, but you can't prove your side biblically and I can't prove mine, so we have to agree to disagree. I treat relationships the same way. You can't expect to show up here and immediately get the relational investment that I'm giving to someone I've been with for 18 years. It's, it's unrealistic. And a lot of people leave churches because I'm not giving you that investment. You haven't earned that investment. You haven't stuck around long enough to say you get this type of investment. So what happens is you come into a body and what God does before he gives you all the relationship and all the gift and all the spotlight, first he conceals you. And if you remain faithful in the concealment, he says, then and only then do I get to reward you openly. I actually believe not doing it this way is what hurts a whole lot of people. Because you're good at it, I put you in a position. And when I put you in position, Satan knocks the wind out of you and then you're crushed. Because everybody has a plan until they get punched in the mouth, right? And so what happens is you come in with no training, no concealment, never been hidden, and we put you in a spotlight, and Satan will punch you in the mouth. And if you haven't been concealed, you can't handle it. So it's actually for your safety, and it's for the safety of the kingdom that God conceals it. It's for the safety of the kingdom. So he begins to show us this concept, and he says, What I see in concealment, I reward publicly. What you do when you're concealed, when you're hidden, when you're not put out there, what you're doing in that moment 
determines the reward that I'm going to give you publicly. This is why I believe churches have to be hidden for so long before God allows them to begin to reveal the kingdom and have the impact in their community they're supposed to. Because if you haven't been hidden for the right period of time, when your church becomes the church, it'll go to your head. And you'll start thinking, I mean, we we got it going on. You know what I'm saying? Like, we're killing it here. That comes from you not being hidden because when you've been hidden and concealed long enough, when that happens and it explodes, all you're saying is, it had to be God. It had to be God because I wasn't going after it. I was just hidden here. I was just hidden here being faithful and being connected, and I was serving wherever I could serve, and I was doing whatever I could do, and I was just being hidden. And then all of a sudden, it amazes me that we teach Jesus as the example so much He's the example, he's the example, he's the example, and God didn't let him do ministry for 30 years. If anybody was worthy to do ministry, it was him. I mean, he was morally and every way infinitely better than us, and God hit him. As a matter of fact, I believe when his ministry started, he was still trying to be concealed. That's why he kept saying, don't tell nobody. Don't, don't go back and share it. Don't go back because I'm still in concealment. I'm still in a hiddenness. The church hates this. The church hates this concept. We hate concealment. We hate hiddenness. We want, the, we, we want to get right in there and we want to make things happen. But everything comes in a process. The kingdom is a seed. And no one plants a seed and gets mad tomorrow because you don't have nothing. No one. So we have to get out of this mindset that, that because I did this today, tomorrow this should happen. And we have to understand the process of what I call the long path. The kingdom is a long path. It's not a from today to tomorrow we see all this happen. No, it's a, it's a long path. It's a process of lots of concealment and hiddenness. And I love that in the kingdom it says it's like leaven and she puts it in three different places. I love this. I love that it was spread out. And what happens is God begins to have a a lot bigger vision than we have for restoration. And a lot of times our vision for restoration is for our church to experience revival and lots of people come to it and we win. And I believe God is thinking on such a bigger level that we can't see it. And when God is thinking, I want to restore a parish I want to restore a a city, a a state, a nation. So to do that, I need to take the kingdom and I need to hide it in multiple places. So this is what he began to show us the other night. What I need to do is I need to take the kingdom and I need to hide it in the forestry business. And then I need to take the kingdom and I need to hide it in the healthcare industry. And I need to take the kingdom and hide it in, in, in wherever he has you at right now. You're the seed of the kingdom that has been hidden in that place for such a time. He said, and then he said, but eventually it takes over completely. Eventually, once it's been hidden in all these areas, it begins to take over. So what if he had someone in the forestry industry, in the healthcare, in the school system, in all these things, and when the time has come and the kingdom can be revealed, all of a sudden he's restoring a whole area. He's not just exciting your church. It's, it's bigger than this. He's not giving us encounters so we plan lots of meetings. 
He's not giving us encounters with Him. He's not giving us His kingdom so we come back seven nights in a row and sing songs and hear a good word and then go back to normal life. He's giving us the kingdom so that we become hidden in our communities and then all of a sudden that hiddenness gets revealed. He said, once I've seen you in the secret, then I reward you in the public and He starts putting you in places and He starts giving you influence and He starts giving you position and when you've been concealed, you know what to do with the influence that he's given you in the place that he's given it to you. And then we begin to see it affect every single area. See, when when I got the privilege and the honor, when God called me into a new facet of expressing the kingdom and set me in a living room with some guys that I trust and we prayed and we talked about what he was showing me in my life for a, a, a construction company that was built on the kingdom. He began to give me the vision and the idea. So I had to step out in faith and begin to move forward. And I had to take small odd-end jobs and repairs here and fix that. Things that I did not want to do and still don't. You can ask Colby. I'm constantly telling him, look, you go fix that. I'm going to stay here and work on the house. <laughs> you go hire somebody and fix that. I'm going to I had a goal. I had a vision. This is where I was at. But I had to remain excellent in the hidden process to get to the place that I want to be. And before he can say, okay, here's a payout for an incredible flip where it invests into your community, he had to know that I could remain excellent while I was hidden. He had to know that I would show up to a job that really wasn't going to make no money, but I was going to fix something that someone done wrong, and I was going to do it excellently. And when he sees how you handle these things, he says, okay, okay, I see you. I see you're, conce- you're concealed, you're hidden right now, but I see the heart of it and what you're doing. Now I'm going to give you some influence. I feel like for a long time the church was just hoping that one day, all of a sudden, the people in the community would turn around and say, you know what, we really want to know what you think. <laughs> That's not how it works. You know who they want to hear from? People who have influence. You know what leaven is, salt is, light? It's influence. God said, I've called you to be the influencer, but we're not doing anything. We're not doing anything in our concealment. We're not doing anything while he has us hidden. So the world's not asking questions. They're not asking us what we think about the situation. They're not asking us what is the answer for what we have found ourselves in right now because we haven't put, been put in positions to be able to give those answers. I believe that God is thinking on such a bigger level than us that our goal, not our goal, our, our privilege, what we get to do, we should be speaking into government situations. We should be speaking into the school systems. We should be speaking into the healthcare industry. We should be speaking into the food industry. It should be our voice being heard. But because we were so consumed with show up on Wednesdays and Sundays, sometimes off nights if we're in a really good revival, and we have our really good church, and then we just do normal life. And Jesus said, no, that's not it. I didn't build a church so you can meet twice a week and feel good about it. I brought the kingdom, and the kingdom, I'm investing it in all these areas. And he said, what I'm watching, when I'm watching how you handle the concealment. I'm watching how you handle being hidden where you're at. God, I don't understand why I'm here. I don't understand the purpose. What am I accomplishing? What I'm doing? You're hidden there for a purpose. And how we handle being hidden there will determine the influence we get to have there. 
I believe everywhere He's put us and the things that He has placed us in, it doesn't matter if you're owning a company, if you're working for an industry, if you're a stay-at-home mom, it doesn't matter. He put you there as a little bit of leaven of the kingdom. And as the leaven of the kingdom... You are to remain concealed and do it with such excellence and such honor and such passion for Jesus that eventually he says, okay, now I'm about to raise this up. Now I'm about to give you influence. Now I'm about to give you a position to speak from. Now I'm about to give you a platform where people are going to hear what I'm saying about the kingdom. Each of these parables all tell us the same thing. That the kingdom is something that starts out so small and gets hidden. And then God determines God determines the revealing of it by how you steward it while it's hidden, by what you do with it. There's, there's, there's times where maybe we, uh, like I said a while ago, where we, where we end up on a job and it's doing something that I just, I just don't care about it. I'm just thinking, man, this is not why I got in this. I got in this to flip homes and save communities and give, give working people really nice places without having to ruin their lives to try to afford it. I came to bring change. But it's when I was showing up on those jobs and still showing up on them and thinking, I'm not going to leave here until it's perfect. I'm not leaving here until it's exact. I'm not going to have somebody come behind me and have to fix what I just put my hands on. It's going to be right when I leave it. And getting in that type of a mindset starts putting us in positions. I know this gets uncomfortable when we talk about this in church because you're not being very spiritual, brother. We need to have more services. No, we don't. We need to release the kingdom into our community and start changing people's lives. You can have a service every night of the week. Chances are the people we need to reach are not coming to it. They're not going to be here. We're going to prophesy to one another, and we're going to jack one another up, and it's going to feel really good. And I'm not against it. I want to do that. I want you prophesying to me and me prophesying to you and feeling awesome. But when I leave here, what am I doing with it? Am I going back out as the kingdom placed in a position so that as it begins to rise, we get to have the influence in that area? If you don't understand this, then you'll just be You'll be ineffective and stagnant wherever he has you. And there will never be enough done in the concealment for him to reward in the open. The Bible teaches us plainly that God is a rewarder. I know we like to lean hyper on the grace and just be like, he's so good, he just gives out everything. If he did, we wouldn't be in the position we are. What he does is he rewards concealment. And because the church has so poorly handled our concealment, he's had nothing to reward. He's pulling us into an area where our mindset begins to shift, where it's not all hanging on the service that we have in this building. It's hanging on the kingdom that has been hidden within us, and we take it into our communities. It is no secret that Jesus was very faithful to his church gathering. He was constantly in the temple. 
even as a child. And then you go on in the New Testament and they wrote things like never forsake the assembling of yourselves. I can't put a big enough emphasis on what it means to be a part of a body and a community and a church. And I put it way up there. But if it's all we do and we never become the leaven in our communities that's rising and bringing the kingdom, then what did we do? What did we do? I believe it's finally come to the place to where he's going to start calling us out of our comfortable seating arrangements. I don't know what else to call that. He's calling us out of our comfortable seating arrangement, and he says, and he's saying, I've put a treasure in your earthen vessel. I concealed it in there. I hid it in you. And those that have been taking it into prayer and fasting and pursuing the heart of God and, 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 and handling the concealment with excellence, I believe he's going to put us in positions to start raising the kingdom up. The leaven is going to start doing what it does, and it's going to start raising this thing up, and it's going to put us in the position to have a voice to speak into our communities. I want to share this. Uh, it's, it's been several years back. I was at a specific gathering. It was not a church event, but because, I mean, we live in a Bible Belt community, nearly any event that's had, pastors are brought in to either pray or to do something. We just, I'm, I'm thankful for that. I'm thankful that we do live in a small community where that is still something that's, but I was at a certain event, thing was going on, it's been several years back. And there was a lot of different people going up, and they were, uh, they were giving out things. They were speakers. They had brought in, like, military guys, all kinds of different things. It was, an, it was an awesome event that was going on. And they had one pastor on the, on the roster to come up and do something. And when it got to this pastor, he was not an old man, uh, he's maybe 40s. But when it got to the pastor... He was so, he was in such bad health. He was so overweight. He was so, he literally had to be helped from where he was at to the stage, catch his breath, speak, just the whole thing. And I was so bothered by it, which was weird for me. Because if you know me, you know I don't usually care enough. I'm not a people watcher. I don't, that's not my thing. Like, I have a very just don't care attitude, you know what I mean, when it, and this thing. But I noticed it was bothering me so much that the Holy Spirit had to have been trying to show me something in the moment. And when I left there, I was in the truck driving home, and I was thinking, God, why am I so bothered by this? And he began to show me that out of everybody that spoke there, businessmen, Military people, people in the uh, school industry, uh, or the school system, people in bi uh, business, I said that, people in the food industry. There was all these different things represented, and they killed it. I'm talking, when they would get done, it was standing ovations. When the sergeant got done speaking, you're like, yes, sign me up right now. I will join the military. Like, every one of these. And then that experience with the pastor. And it was literally like everyone in the room couldn't wait for him to sit down. And he just began to make this so obvious to me. And then he began to ask me these questions. Why do you think you have no influence in your community? 
Look at what just took place in this one meeting. And, and, and so today, as this week, as I was preparing for this, and he was talking about the kingdom and the influence and the impact that it's designed to have, he began to remind me of this situation. And he began to say, this was such a good representation of the majority of people's encounter with what we call the church. No wonder they're not coming to us. We're not stewarding it well. We're out of shape. We have to be helped constantly. We have to be picked up constantly. We have to be, we're not, we're not handling. These guys were getting up there, these businessmen who had conquered their industry, who had done so much so well, these military guys, fitness guys. They were all people who had taken what they were given and stewarded it on such a level that it created an excellence, and that excellence gave them a voice to speak into the community. Every one of them but the church. Am I saying that one pastor represents all of them? No. Please don't start throwing the whole just because one is, all are. But you have to understand spiritually what he was beginning to show me. And this week he began to say, the kingdom starts off so small. One of them, he said, the kingdom is like a, a mustard seed that starts off so small. And starting off small is, it's okay. It's the right way to do it. He said, but that small mustard seed becomes one of the biggest trees. And the birds find nesting there. The problem is we've become okay with the fact that it started off small. It's always been small. It's still small. And it still has no impact. And we're okay with it. And a lot of us are okay with it because we're in the mentality of, well, just hold on, and then one day Jesus will take us out of here and everything will be okay. But that's not what he taught. thought that was my water for a second. He didn't teach you, hang on till I come back. He taught us the kingdom of heaven is like leaven. It's like salt, and it's like light, and it influences, and it takes over. It's supposed to be the influence of our communities. Can I just be brutally honest? The church has no influence in your community. None. None. Why? Why is this? Why are we the one that they're having to come help us because we're so out of shape and we have to be helped to the stage and propped up to make it look good? Why is that the church? When Jesus said, you know what the kingdom of heaven's like? It's like leaven. It's like a mustard seed. It's like a treasure hidden in a field. It's the greatest, most powerful, most influential thing in the world. And we come in and we sing songs about it and we teach lessons about it and we say things about it and we'll have week-long meetings about it and we still have no influence and we still have no impact and we're still not causing a wake. I'm, I'm, I'm so excited for what I'm seeing happen in other places around America as far as the church and the people who are actually standing up and having influence like the kingdom is intended to, they are causing such a wake right now that at the same time we're experiencing what we are in America, at the same time people that are seeing it happen are having to stop and say, this is the real thing. This is the real thing. And they're going to those people for answers. They're asking them, well, what do you think about the social unrest? They're having such an impact. The scripture I use Sunday morning, we, the Bible says we must be able to give an answer for the hope that is within us. They're starting to ask those people, 
well, what do you think about this? What do you think about the unrest? What do you think about the brutality? What do you think about the situations that are going on? You know why they're asking those people? Because those people are having an influence. Those people are causing a wake. They're becoming salt, light. They're doing what the kingdom was designed to do. I know messages like this aren't fun. It's not exciting. It's not a shout me down. But can I tell you, I believe God is beginning to ask the question, what are you doing with my kingdom? He said, I hid it, and I hid this treasure in earthen vessels. I deposited my kingdom into you. What have you done with it? So I've had to find myself, even today, asking the hard questions. God, I've been in this ministry thing for years now. What have I done with the kingdom? I remember several years back, after we had started several movements in the high school and even it had even filtered over into the junior high. And weekly we were meeting up there and having anywhere from 100 to 250 kids meet and pray. We were declaring the word of God over and we had other kids praying and speaking. When all that was happening and all that was going on, my phone started ringing. And people in the school system began to ask me questions. Kids would end up at the office and they wouldn't call their parents. They'd call me. Say, hey, we got so-and-so, and we know you're really close to them, and, and they're needing somebody today. You see what happens when you start having the impact that the church is designed to have? The world starts asking us for stuff, and the world starts asking us questions. You know why it's so silent right now? Because they don't see a need to ask us anything. They don't see the need. We're just as jacked up as they are. Our divorce, our divorce rates are just as high as they are. Our, our, we're on just as much medication as they are. We're just as hopeless and just as scared and just as broken as they are. So when they turn to look, who do I ask? Who do they ask? Where are we at? Where's the kingdom? Because he said, my kingdom's like 11. And man, when I put it somewhere and it's hidden. And he said, he said, what I see in the hidden, the concealment, I reward in the open. He said, when I hide it in someone, I then watch it. And when I see how they handle the kingdom concealed within them, then one day I say, you know what? Let's release it. Let's release it into the community. Let's release it into the people around us. I, b I believe the days of Christianity being what we check as a social status are over. It's just, it's a bygone era now. And now Christianity by force is about to become where you stand, and what influence you have. They're not going to care where you go to church. <laughs> They're not going to care how much Bible you can quote. They're going to be looking for the influence of the kingdom that's within you. The kingdom that stands in the face of darkness and says, darkness cannot comprehend it. Darkness cannot push me back into a corner. They're looking for someone who stands in the middle of this, this demon called racism that has come around one more time. They're looking for someone to stand up and say, this thing needs to be dealt with, not swept back under the rug. Somebody's got to be that man. Somebody's got to be that woman that is the kingdom wherever he's hidden you. Where did he hide you? What industry did he hide you in? Maybe he's moving you to a new industry. Maybe he's positioned you in a new place. 
at only, I was going to, how old am I? 31? Am I 31? At 31 years of age, I've been able to work several different industries. And can I tell you, I haven't found one yet that didn't need the kingdom of God hidden within it. All of them. On, and, and, and I want to say it this way, because I'm so driven by this. It doesn't just need the kingdom just for the fact that people need Jesus. Like, we need to be giving them Jesus. But also, if you actually do have the kingdom within you, it will show up in the excellence of what you do. Christians should be the absolute best hands on a job. Man, I've been saying this to young people since I started in youth ministry. If you call yourself a Christian, you better be the hardest working person on that job. Otherwise, don't bring his name that low. If you say you're a Christian, you better be figuring it out. I know coming up under dad, I was raised that if he told me to go get a crescent wrench, I better be adjusting it to where it practically fits when I put it in his hand. See, the kingdom brings such an excellence about you. And when you do things with excellence, it raises you up. And when you get raised up, you have a voice of influence to speak into situations. This is the way it works. I don't know if for some reason we thought we were going to come here, have a really good service, go out there, and then all of a sudden everybody wanted to hear what we say. They don't. They want somebody with influence. They want somebody who's been hidden and concealed, and they stewarded it well. And God starts saying, okay, okay, I see you. I see you stewarding that. I'm going to open this door for you. I'm going to put you in this place. I'm, I'm just going to call it what it is. We bought a house in Allah that we're currently flipping. Since we've bought the house, without exaggeration, every person from the area that I've talked to starts the conversation with, how in the world did you get her to sell that house? I've had people tell me, I called five to ten times and made ridiculous offers, and they hung up on me. You know what I tell them? I, uh, you see, it was this thing. I messaged her on Facebook on Monday. She showed up on Wednesday, and we shook hands and bought the house. I'm telling you, when you understand what I'm talking about, he puts you in places that other people don't get to be because they're not exempt, they're not concealing the kingdom and stewarding it properly. So what he's doing is saying, if this house will give you an end to a community to start changing some mindsets and become a leaven that needs to influence the area, then I'll just say, you know what, she's ready now. I say this all the time. And I probably shouldn't use as much as I do. But favor ain't fair. So when I learn to steward what has been concealed within me, and I operate in excellence and obedience, he begins to unlock some things that he's not going to unlock for someone else. It just works. (laughs) I'm telling you, when he understands, see, because what's happening, I've got the privilege, I don't know if, y'all quite understand how many entrepreneurs are in this one church. I don't know if you understand how many business owners sit in this one church. Well, I've had the privilege of bouncing around with quite a bit of them lately, and I'm noticing a theme of these new 
these new business owners, these, these younger, this new, I don't want to say just younger because it's just a new mindset, let's say that. This new mindset of business owners, they have this thing about them to where they're less concerned about getting rich and more concerned about having an impact. And their businesses become a tool that God can use to reach people. And he'll put those businesses in positions and in situations that he won't put others because others are looking to make a dollar and some are looking to make an impact. This is the way the kingdom works. It's, it's a whole lot more practical than we think it is. And what happens, what's incredible is when you start getting this mindset of the kingdom mixed with a prayer life, and a power of the Holy Spirit to go with it. He begins to put you in places to begin to release things and say things and do things that advance His kingdom wherever He's placed you. That's what this whole thing was about. This this is why Jesus did all that He did to take that treasure and get it in your earthen vessel so that it would start putting you in some places and some positions to bring some change and some impact into our communities. I am so convinced that when my time here on earth starts wrapping up, no matter what I did ministry-wise, if I haven't impacted my community, then I missed it. I missed it. It didn't matter how many good sermons. It didn't matter how many people followed my social media. It don't matter how many views I get on my message videos. If I haven't impacted the community, because everybody says, well, Jesus is our example. Who had more of an impact on the community than Jesus? He didn't take everything he had and invest it into really good church services. He took everything he had and he invested it into broken situations and he healed those situations. That's what this thing is about. We've come to a place where we're experiencing so much brokenness and hurting and just, and because of it, it's like it's created a subpar mentality over our community where it's okay for things to suck. Like it's just the way it is. We live in Caldwell, it's just as good as it gets. Maybe for you, but I refuse to allow it to be that way for me and my kids. (laughs) I got to share this before we run out of time. I was recently talking to somebody about the what we're in right now, flipping the house, and we were talking about, and they made a statement. I was talking about, you know, we got this house in Allah and all this, and we're hoping to sell it by the end of August and going through this. And he made this person made a statement. He said, "Well, good luck." Because ain't nobody in Allah got money. And you know me, I just like, whatever. And when I walked away, the Holy Spirit said, that shows you the difference of who he's running with and who you're running with. And I began to think about the people I'm connected to, and I thought, that's a pretty good bit of money in Allah. You see what I'm saying? But it was a mindset. One mindset was, well, this is my mindset, so this is who I'm connected to. Oh, I'm about to challenge you now. See, the problem is when you sit with winners, you see things differently. If you allow yourself to get in a room with successful people, you begin to see things differently. Ah, mm, God, I feel this. See, the kingdom of heaven knows how to see the situation 
and how much impact it could have and, and leverage that situation for the glory of God in a community, in a business, in a school, in a food truck, in whatever it may be. They know how to take that thing within them and the vision they have for it and leverage it to impact a community for the glory of God. Can I tell you, us being broke, busted, and disgusting does not bring him glory. Now, it would be different if you were broke, busted, disgusted, and you were raising the dead and healing the sick, but you ain't doing that either. That just slipped out. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. What I'm saying is I feel like God's calling us into a place. I want both. And I'm not greedy. Oh, it's not about money. I've never, not never, <laughs> for a long time, I've not been motivated by money. Me and Colby had to sit down and go through the books and do things, and to be honest, we were both blown away looking at some numbers like, what? Where's it coming from? And I told him, it's coming because it's not my focus. And the more that keeps coming, the more I keep giving away, and the more I keep investing, and the more I keep imparting into children, into my community, into the things around me, he knows who to get it to because he knows who he can get it through. And if you're going to take it and sit on it, he'll take it from you and give it to someone who's going to impact the community for the kingdom. That's where we're at. Jesus said the kingdom of heaven is like leaven. And I hid a little bit. Matter of fact, I, right now, God's in the process of, of hiding it in, in the carport industry. And, and, and right now, he's, he's in the process of, or he's been in the process of hiding it in the forestry industry. And, and I'm just trying to name some that I know are in here. In the healthcare industry, he, he's hiding it in the generator industry. I don't know what you call that. <laughs> He's, he's hiding it in all these places. And he's watching how you handle being hidden there. This is why I've always struggled when people are like, I need a new job because if I had a new job, I could bring glory to God. I could do this. I could do that. I could accomplish this. When he's placed you somewhere and he's watching the concealment. And when we handle the concealment right, he says, okay, now. Now I'm about to release my kingdom into a place. The kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed, which is the smallest of the seeds. It says, but when the tree grows, it becomes a tree so that the birds of the air can come and build a house in it. Hmm. I want to learn how to so leverage the kingdom into my community that people can build homes in it. I'm, I'm gonna, I want to I stretch you here because if, if you actually think he's talking about a tree with birds living in it, you miss the whole parable thing. He's talking about a whole lot more. What I want to do is I want to so build the kingdom of God that people want to build their houses in it. What does that mean? I want to build a parish that's so influenced by the kingdom of God. People say, I need to move to that parish and I need to build a house in that parish because I want my kids raised in that kind of an environment. Right now, I'm going to be real with you. There's a lot of people trying to get their kids out of this environment, and they're figuring out, how do I send them to LaSalle? How do I send them to Old Bethel? How do I get them? In? Because right now, the kingdom hasn't had the intended influence that it's designed to have. Can I tell you, I'm not praying, Jesus, come snatch us out of here. I'm praying, Jesus, teach me how to leverage your kingdom so that I begin to build a place that so brings you glory. People begin to say, yeah, I think I, think I want to move my family there. 
I think I want to put down roots there. Usually if I tell people where I'm from, I get the same, result, re- the same reaction from most people. Oh, really? <laughs> Caldwell, huh? Good luck. Or especially if I tell them, yeah, I moved to, I moved to Columbia from Texas. You did what? <laughs> you mean you moved from the great United State, independent state of Texas, where God will set up his throne one day? Oh, I'm really putting it out there now. Come on. <laughs> you moved from there to Columbia? And then I just go, at, oh, yes, and it is amazing. I'm telling you, we have this beautiful river that flows right through the middle of our town, and we have a downtown. The potential of our downtown is insane. You just wait. One of these days, I'm telling you, our downtown is going to be what God designed it to be. It's going to be a place that's full of life, excitement, fun, and families. And what if all that starts on a Monday night with us just worshiping God? Oh, y'all wasn't ready for that one. What if it just starts when the church says, you know what, I'm going to get right in the heart of the place that everybody says doesn't have a chance, and I'm going to make God so big, he's going to give it a chance. God, that was good. Somebody tweet that, hurry. I'm telling you guys, he's pulling us into this. I'm going to wrap this up. He sent me by tonight to remind you of something. And what I want to remind you is that the Bible says, The kingdom of heaven is all these incredible influential things that he hides. And then they change everything around it. And guess where he chose to hide it? In you. The Bible says we have this treasure in earthen vessels. He hid that kingdom in you. What are you doing with it? What are we doing with the kingdom? He's put, what, excuse me. Golly, I like to pass that. What are we (laughs) doing? I can't recover now. What are we doing with the kingdom that he puts? What are you doing with the influence he's given you now? If we want the kind of influence that speaks into our government and our school systems and our health care and all, what are we doing with the influence we have now? Y'all know me. One of my favorite things to talk about and teach is family and the culture of family and the power of family. Right now, I am reaping some things in the spirit in my own personal family. And God began to show me today as I walked in here weeping and crying over the encounters that my son is having with Yahweh. And I began to just weep and cry. And he began to remind me of the years where I just stayed in concealment and my desire was family. And I put in the hours and I put in the time when I didn't feel like it, I invested in the kids. When I, he reminded me this morning when after everything happened last night and the just I can't wait to be able to share the whole testimony with you. But he reminded me that last night when we were getting ready to go to bed and I was laying in there with my kids and I began to pray over them. And I began to pray, God, as they fall asleep tonight, let your presence so be in this room that whatever comes them tonight has to come through your presence. And then to get up this morning and start hearing the testimonies of what's happening in their lives. This is what it's about. When we begin to so steward the kingdom that he's given us in the influence that he's given us. Right now, the influence he's given me is over my 9-year-old or my 10-year-old, my 5-year-old, and my 9-month-old. So I'm taking that influence and I'm leveraging the kingdom into it. I'm not leveraging my opinions and I'm not leveraging what I think it should be. I'm leveraging the kingdom into my family and now I'm reaping the fruits of it. And when I learn to steward this influence well, he will allow me to leverage the kingdom into much bigger arenas. But if we don't even leverage it into our own families... 
why in the world would God say, you know what, I'm going to give you this area. I'm going to give you this community. I'm going to give you this situation. I'm going to give you this industry. No, 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 no. No, he's not. Because he hid you in your family. And how you steward that family and how you leverage the kingdom into the family is going to determine on how much he rewards us openly. Father, I thank you for tonight. I thank you that your kingdom is powerful. It's advancing. It's winning. It's growing. It's exciting. It's hopeful, Father. And I just declare that, that, that tonight something begins to click in our spirits, that we begin to steward with excellence the concealment and the hidden place that you have us right now. And our desire become to leverage the kingdom into our community, into our family, into our school system, into the healthcare industry, into the food industry, in the forestry industry, that we begin to leverage the kingdom into all all these places that you have given us and from it we will see restoration of our communities of our parish it's your desire and it's your design so tonight we just surrender to it we partner with it and we ask you to help us to be obedient and submissive to your will father i thank you for everyone in this room i just declare your blessings over their life they are the kingdom wherever they go father let them begin to leverage it in jesus name we pray Amen. I love you guys. Thank you for listening to Life Church Podcast. For more information, go to lifechurchofcolumbia.org.